Welcome to the Chronic Spoonful Podcast, where we discuss real life with real chronic illness. Each week, we'll cover an aspect of real life spoony living and what that can mean for different chronic illnesses. We hope this will be a place you can go for updated spoony info and where you'll find humor because, you know, we're a little crazy, important information, and community. As a disclaimer, we just want to remind you that, yes, we'll be talking about chronic illness and health information, but we are not your doctor. Everyone's chronic illness is different, and we are absolutely not MDs, so we are not qualified to give you medical advice. We're going to tell you unequivocally to discuss anything we talk about on this podcast with your doctor. All right, so now that we've gone through all our disclaimers, we are going to talk again about what's new and noteworthy this week. So we hope you all had a great week. Um, We'd love for you to share it with us. Uh, Tell us how your week's been going. You can do that in the comments on the podcast, or you can go to our Facebook page, go to our Facebook group. We do have a private group where you can share. Um, We have other social media, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, but we'd love to hear about what's happening with you guys. As our listeners, we want to know, we appreciate you very, very much. Um, But, you know, we love to talk about what's going on in the news and all that stuff. And of course, you know, COVID is just always on our minds in the the continued opening up of everything and the, the CDC making the announcements that we don't need to be wearing masks if we're vaccinated and the, that they're potentially going to be announcing that masks aren't necessary in offices anymore if people are vaccinated. And I mean, I think it's gone on ad nauseum everywhere that everyone is talking about it. So I don't want to continue to like bang it into people's heads, but we know a lot of you are anxious. We know that there's a ton of nervousness about this. And we did an episode on this kind of timely without knowing all this was going to happen a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) We're like, we should do an episode on this. And then the CDC made this announcement. It was so weird. Um, I honest to goodness, neither one of us hasn't has any insight into what the CDC is going to do. Maybe we're just psychic. We don't know. But, (laughs) um, but if you guys want to go back and listen to that episode, we'll, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Also, But, you know, you can go back and listen to like how you can cope with that anxiety. Um, But we just encourage you, if you're not comfortable, just continue to wear a mask. It's okay. I'm going to still be wearing a mask. Nicole is still going to be wearing a mask. Um, I'm not giving up on masks yet. I don't want to get COVID. I actually like that I didn't get the flu this year. Me too. I love that I didn't get a cold. Me too. Um, So those are bonuses. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I really didn't get a sniffle. No, I didn't either. That's kind of nice. So don't feel bad if you still want to wear a mask, still do it. There's going to be plenty of us out there. I've seen many interviews. So a lot of people are still going to be wearing them. A lot of businesses are still going to be requiring them for a while. They're erring on the side of caution. So wear your masks, share your stories. You know, if, if you need encouragement on that, come into the Facebook group. We'll talk about it. Um, You know, send us an email. We're glad to have a conversation about it, but definitely. And remember you guys that you can still spread COVID. If you've had the vaccine, you can still catch COVID. Um, The vaccine was hopefully 
um, supposed to also be so that you wouldn't get severely sick and die. So it's protecting you from death, hopefully, and also protecting other people from getting it from you. But you can be a carrier and you can still get COVID. So please understand that it's extremely important that these things are understood so this doesn't become crazy again and spiral out of control. Correct. Correct. All right. Nurse Nicole, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. I don't want to get COVID and I can mm-hmm. still get COVID and I have no idea how it's going to affect me. And I, it, it's, that's not a doom and gloom thing. Like I'm trying to be positive about this. Like, I'm really glad that I got vaccinated and it's likely that I won't get a severe case of COVID. That's so great. I'm, that makes me feel way safer going out, out of the house to the grocery store. Let me tell you. And it makes me feel so much better with my dad, my, you know, my dad going to the grocery store. Sure. I, it, it, you know, it used to freak me out, but now I'm like, okay, it's a little bit better, but he wears a mask because a a mild case of COVID. We don't know what, even what that's going to do. No, and people have been ending up in the hospital. We've had, I believe they said here, 98 people hospitalized who were vaccinated with COVID. They were sick enough that they had to be hospitalized. Yeah. I mean, he's 83. Mm-hmm. In a couple of days, he'll be 84. So, you know, I, I just don't want to take chances. And no. I, again, I err on the side of caution. I stay on that side where I'm like, I, I don't want to take chances. And people can call me a nervous Nelly and they can call me whatever they want, but- I'm going to stay on that side of wearing a mask. For so a am I, and I'm going to stay out of groups of people and I'm still not going to go mm-hmm. to parties. And there's things that I know as a chronically ill person, but also as somebody in my, my late forties that I need to, you know, be really careful. I, I don't yeah. want long haulers. I don't, I don't want to have to deal with COVID period. If I don't have yeah. to No, like who wants COVID anyway, mm-hmm. like in a mild case. Ew. I know. Like I, like, I hate the flu. Why would I, I was want- going to say, I don't even want a cold, let alone COVID. Right. Ew. So anyway, we're with anyone who wants to wear a mask. We, you know, Zoom mask party. Woo woo. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's kind of where we are with COVID. And, you know, it's been kind of a, as far as like personal news, for me, it's been just kind of a discouraging week. I have a really fun wrist sprain and my wrist, my ligament keeps popping in and out. So like, if you hear me gasp, it's probably because I moved my wrist the wrong way and, uh, it's super fun. And I'll be spending some time with doctors trying to get that to stay in place for a while. Um, and so I love having EDS. It's mm. that's super fun. So if you want to know more about Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, because it is Ehlers-Danlos syndrome awareness month, woo woo. Uh, we, that was last week's episode. So you can hear really fun stories about that. Um, so that's my news for this week. Yay. Yay. And then Nicole, you have, you have news, you have better news for this week. Than I do. <laughs> well, you know, May is also lupus awareness month. And, um, so I was talking to one of my friends who I made, I made a friend in one of the groups that I was in when I first was diagnosed and she told me about she moved and she lives by John Hopkins hospital in Maryland. She told me that John Hopkins is doing a study for people like us that, um, are sick and have, you know, possibly no B cells or that, um, 
I mean, there's people, there's cancer patients who are in the same, same boat as I am with no B cells or no ways to tell. Can you explain what B cells are? Can you explain to the group what B cells are so people understand that? They're a type of cell that helps basically you build immunity. They work with your T cells. So you need, normally you need T and B cells to work. They work. And obviously it's better if you look it up because it gives a better explanation than I can give, but um, they both work together so that you're, you're protected. So I don't have B cells because I went through chemo for three years for my lupus. And this specific, I was on rituxan, this specific type of chemo eradicates your B cells. So cancer patients who are on this also have no B cells. Um, so the study is actually called um, the COVID-19 antibody testing of patients with chronic conditions. So if you want to know more about the study, please go to John Hopkins. We'll put the link in the show notes. You can just link to it and you can actually be a volunteer in any state. They just send you to LabCorp and they take your blood um, seven days before your second shot. If you've been fully vaccinated, they wait a month after the, the second shot. Then you get tested again in three months, six months, and 12 months. So hopefully I will grow some B cells back. Um, right now I had blood drawn yesterday. I'm sure that I'll come back absolutely negative because I don't, I don't have B cells. So nothing's going to show up. Um, they don't have a blood test to test whether you have some, some T cell immunity. So basically I have to consider myself an unvaccinated person, even though I will be fully vaccinated as of Friday. Um, well, I should say that I will have all my shots complete two weeks after that I would have been vaccinated, but, um, it's kind of a waiting game right now. And it's going to be interesting to see if my B cells do grow back, how my antibody tests will change over the course of 12 months. Yeah. I I'm really curious. I'm excited. I am too. I'm excited. I'm really excited to follow this. My science, my science side of my brain is like, I so want to follow this path. This is kind of exciting. Yes. So, yes it is. It's neat. Um, it's going to be neat. It's going to be neat. So yeah, I, um, yeah, we would definitely will put this in the show notes. The link will be in there if any of you want to participate. Um, but Nicole will probably give us updates on upcoming yes, episodes. I definitely we, will. What we see. Um, it's exciting to see what this research reveals too. And if they can think of something to help people like us who need immunity, but we don't have B cells. So is there another test we can do? Is there a test that can be created? I mean, there really needs to be a lot of research because there are so many millions of people that are compromised in some way that are not going to get the full benefit or any benefit from the vaccine. Right. That's a big which concern. Is, which is like, so I was really, I, I, I put, I tweeted this from our account a few days ago, but I was really excited when on the view, because yes, I'm one of those people who watches the view, um, <laughs> that they actually talked about this. I mean, it's, it's something that's not talked about that, that much. And they, they were talking about wearing masks and people taking their masks off and going places, but, you know, they, they brought it up that there's millions of people who aren't going to be able to take off their masks. And this is a very nerve wracking time for them because they're immunocompromised and, and they, they could get the shots, but they don't know that they're truly vaccinated against the virus. And I was so excited to hear them talk about it because, and I was so thankful that I actually tweeted out a thank you to them because, you know, this study is so important because there are so many people still left that aren't going to have this, this immunity or 
aren't able to have this immunity. And what are we going to do? Like, just say, oh, stay at home. Don't go out. No, we still need people to be productive members of society. And to be able to interact. People need communication. They need to feel like they're, 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 being able to have their hand held or to be hugged or anything. Yeah. I mean, this is just, it's like, I feel like I'm more of a shut in now than I ever have been in my entire life. That's yeah. why I was so upset about the announcement. Cause I'm like, okay, we haven't even vaccinated kids, like little kids, which right. are some of the biggest carriers. So you're telling me that other people can take off their mask, although they could possibly be carriers from their kids. Then they're talking to me and I get COVID. Exactly. I mean, it, this is so ridiculous. I know. And, 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 and I can hear you like kind of getting angry. Oh, it just makes me livid. Yeah. So I, it's hard. It's so hard. Like it, it's, it goes beyond that. Like, because you're immunocompromised, but like, I'm not immunocompromised, but I don't even know how COVID would affect me right. and my chronic illness. Like we haven't even studied that. We haven't studied how COVID really affects people with comorbidities. We haven't studied long-term effects of COVID, even a mild case. Like there's so many things right now. And I know people want to get out there and I know people want to take off their masks, but there's so many questions. Yes. And again, I'm a cautious person. I like to know all the answers. I am that person. I want to know all the answers. I want to know as much as I can about things. And there's too many questions still. There is. So I'm really appreciating this study that you're participating in. I really hope it comes up with some answers. I hope so too. And I really do. I think it's really exciting news. So anyone else who wants to participate, that's great. Um, again, we can share updates in the group. I'm really promoting this Facebook group because I think, I think these groups are awesome for sharing information. So yeah. um, I find them really helpful. And I've found them really helpful throughout my journey, which is, I think what we're going to talk about next is our journeys. Yeah. The road road to diagnosis and being kind of a newbie to um, being diagnosed. And I, I don't think we've actually talked. We kind of talk a little bit about it throughout most of our episodes, but we haven't really devoted anything to it because both of us have kind of sat here as like, well, we're diagnosed and we're going to just kind of talk about living our lives with this. And we've kind of accepted our diagnosis, you know, like, Hey, we have that these, you know, we have lupus, we have EDS, we have fibromyalgia, we have X, Y, and Z. I feel like some people who are listening or might start listening, maybe they're still on their road. Maybe they haven't been diagnosed yet, or maybe they're brand new to their diagnosis. So if that's you, this is totally going to be your episode. Today. Yes. <laughs> totally going to be it. Or if, if you've been diagnosed for a while, you're going to listen. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, I remember feeling this way. Oh God. Yes. You know, and, and you're going to have so much advice to share because you're going to be like, oh guys, you totally forgot about this when you're first diagnosed. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to share. Yes. Um, I think the biggest thing I remember on the road to, on the road to diagnosis is discouragement. You know, I, everyone telling you that you're faking it or that what you're feeling isn't real or misdiagnoses, the million doctors you see on the way to diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nicole, you, you, it took you a really, it took you 
much longer to get diagnosed than it, it did. did. Um, lupus is considered the great imitator. So um, many things imitate um, lupus and they it takes a lot of time to actually get a diagnosis. My doctor, I had seen three doctors I saw three doctors and they were terrible. And we finally said, now we're going to go with the big guns. So we went to the city to find my doctor. And my doctor was actually pretty world-renowned. She's very good. Uh, she's since not working. Um, she also had lupus, so she can no longer work. But my new doctor is also phenomenal. But I went down there and she saw that I had the lupus rash on my cheeks. And um, there was a medication she was going to give me. And she said, if I give you this medication for RA, it will throw you into such a severe lupus flare we would probably end up hospitalizing you. So I was like, yeah, we're not going to do that, Med. That's good. So we waited longer. I got put on Plaquenil. And finally, the diagnosis came through. And I think it took around three years for me to get that. But I was sick as a kid. I was always sick as a kid. I was sick as a teenager. Um, then I got mono when I was 19. And that's kind of what kicked off this all these symptoms. And I never felt the same after that. I think that kind of like triggered my lupus. So it was, it was rough. I remember sitting on my friend's couch, helping her move into her apartment. And my doctor called and said, Hey, we got the test results back and you have lupus. And sadly enough, lupus really isn't a lot of autoimmune diseases and mixed connective tissue diseases are not taught to student nurses. You kind of have an overview. So in nursing school, I did not learn much about any of these diseases. So when she called me, I was like, Oh, all right. Thanks. <laughs> I didn't yeah. think anything of it Please. until I called my friends and I called my mom and everybody completely freaked out. And they were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, why are you sorry? What is going on? I knew what lupus was, but I didn't know the full extent of how lupus could get. So I just didn't think it was a big deal. To be honest with you, I was kind of just glad to be diagnosed. And <laughs> then I did my research and was like, oh hell, I'm in for a, I'm in for a, for a long ride. ride. Yeah. But, but I think, I think going into it, like the, your road, it, I mean, I remember, I remember people telling you, you were a hypochondriac. Yep. yep. All the time. Um, I, I mean, I had people telling me I was just clumsy when I was mm -hmm. walking into walls all the time or tripping over things or like, you know, bones creaking dislocations like just no one puts it all together. No. You feel this like discouragement because you're like, I'm exhausted all the time. And people are like, oh, you know, you just need to exercise more or try this or try that. And no one is putting your pieces together because you're seeing 10 different doctors for 10 different things. Like yeah. your teeth are your teeth are bad. So you see a dentist, you know, you're having ear infections. So you're seeing an ENT your, your knee keeps dislocating. So you're seeing a doctor for that. Mm -hmm. You're no one puts your pieces all together. Mm -mm. And honestly, doctors aren't taught that much about, about like these different disorders. And, and that's why, that's why we're called zebras, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. there's the whole saying of doctors are taught when they hear hoofbeats to look for horses. They're not taught to, they don't think that it might be zebras. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we're called zebras because they're not taught to look for us. So they're going to look for the easiest thing. Like when I went in for my gastrointestinal issues, they were looking for GERD. They were looking for all these things. They were looking for mast cell. Mm -mm. And usually you do start with a small thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So 
part of the discouragement is they're, they're looking for the easiest solution to your problem and your problem is complex. You, you're going to need a lot of second opinions. You can't always trust your first opinion. And uh, even if you like your doctor, when you get your first opinion and you get a diagnosis, I would always encourage you to seek a second opinion always. Because sometimes they're going to give you something and you're like, it's just not working. And it's also key to find a doctor that will continue to work with you when things aren't working and continue to dive deeper. And, and that's important. It's not that your doctor's always going to get it on the first try because again, zebras, it's unlikely they're going to get things on the first try, but that they have to continue to dive deeper into what's going on with you and continue to look for things, look for the clues, try to find you specialists that'll do a deeper dive. And you may need to fire a lot of doctors because sometimes you'll see crazy doctors that say crazy things that Mm -hmm. just aren't right. And you'll also need to do some of your own research. Yes. You may need to get your own honorary medical degree. Yeah. We talked about that last week a little bit with Rachel, that as she went on and on, she kind of was getting her own honorary medical degree because she had to figure out some of the things that were wrong with her and do her own research into a lot of things. Exactly. It's really important to know as much as you can yourself about your disease process. And, you know, when you go online, it can really scare you. I was diagnosed with a hydronitis suprativa. It's a skin disorder. And, you know, my doctor luckily told me, you know, just be careful when you're looking online because it's a terrifying disease. And it really is. And I started looking through all these like articles and joined a group and I was so scared and she's like you have a very 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 mild case and it probably will never get worse but I was terrified when I read out it was awful well also like when you're on your way to diagnosis and you start looking at some of your symptoms oh online you can scare yourself into yes thinking, I have stage four liver cancer and I'm gonna die no no slow down <laughs> like you it, it's, it's good to understand how you feel and what your symptoms are and what they, things can potentially be, but also allow your doctors to go through their diagnostic process. Like there are a million things that it could be. And, it, you know, so, so that's part of it. But also, you know, doctors also don't know every disease that's out there either. That's also a thing. So let's talk about then when you first get diagnosed. Let's go into that a little bit. So now you've finally gone through your diagnostic process. You found your good doctors. You've got a good, you got a good medical team. They've given you your diagnosis. One of two things happens at this point. You freak out because you've never heard of this disease before. Or you're absolutely relieved because you finally have a diagnosis. (laughs) And I think it's a little bit of both for most people. I think a lot of people feel, feel relief because they, most people don't get diagnosed for years because it takes so long to, most of the diseases we deal with, um, especially with chronic illness patients, aren't that easy to diagnose. Like, Mm-mm. I mean, and we're, we're, 
like, yes, you know, with some people it's, it's simple, like, oh, your chronic illness is diabetes. It's a, it's a simple test, blood test, and they, they can test your sugar levels and all that, or it might just be high blood pressure, something like that. But when you're talking about like a rare disease, these things take years and they often are diseases that they have to rule things out. Yeah. So they're testing you for things that they actually have tests for. And then when you fail all your tests, then they're like, oh, you failed everything. So now you fit into this box. And that can be really hard because you keep getting these tests and they're like, you're normal, you're normal, you're normal. And you're like, but I'm not normal. I hurt all over. Yeah. And, and that can be really weird to be yeah, like, I have a disorder, but all my blood tests come back normal. All my, you know, my nerve tests came back normal. My, this test came back normal, but now they just diagnosed me with a disorder. Yeah. Or when you get diagnosed, I know for me, I have, um, I am, my blood work never reflects a flare. So it was, it's really hard to submit that to the insurance company (laughs) because most of my diagnostics are always, they always have been, it's really based on symptoms. Now my compliments, the test, my compliments test once in a very blue moon will be slightly off, but I could be so sick. It's unbelievable. And my tests will all come back, all come back normal. Yeah. So it's really hard. Like that whole, that whole process is hard, but like some people it's, it can be 10, 15 years before they get a diagnosis. So when they get that diagnosis, it can be, it can be the biggest relief. Yes. Someone has finally put a name to what they've been feeling. And at the same time, it can also be kind of scary because now there's finally a name to what they've been feeling. And now they got to figure out what that means. Definitely. What does that mean? Right. Yeah. So at that point, I think you have to ask your doctor a ton of questions, but here you are and you just got this diagnosis and and your doctor will say, do you have any questions? And you're like, "Uh, but I don't even know what this thing is. And that should be your first question. (laughs) Like, (laughs) well, what is this? (laughs) You know, what does this mean? What are my treatments? Like you'll, you'll have the big questions, right? those are the normal questions. What is the disease? What are the treatments? What's the plan from here? Those are, those are the big questions, but those aren't going to be your only questions, right? Like you're going to come up with other questions. So it's important to see if you can get your doctor's email or place where you can contact them. Like my chart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like my chart, my chart's the best. Yeah, it is great. Um, to ask them questions. Now, if you do email them and, or, or use my chart to ask them questions, be patient with your doctor. Yeah. They're very busy. They're very busy. They do have other patients. Your question, unless you're bleeding out. And if you're bleeding out, really, you go to the emergency room. Your question is not an emergency, even though you're pro- you might be freaking out about this new disorder you have. Be patient with your doctor. They will normally get back to you within 20 four hours, but just be patient because honest to goodness, they, they have a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, that's a great way to communicate with your doctor. 
If your doctor is unwilling to answer your questions about your disorder, I question your doctor. Yeah. It, it, like your doctor needs to be there for you with your disorder because you're going to be going through this now for the rest of your life. You need a support system mm -hmm. from your medical team. Okay. So just make sure you're able to communicate well with your doctor. Um, so make sure you ask your doctor lots of questions and then you're going to go home and you're going to look your disorder up online. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I laugh because the first thing that's going to happen are the work the, that's going to come up and Nicole touched on this are the worst case scenarios. <laughs> so true. And then you're going to think, Oh my gosh, I'm going to die or be a vegetable in my yes. hospital. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so true. It's so terrifying to look online. And a lot of the information isn't even correct. Remember that? But I mean, it's so terrifying when you start looking up your disease. It's like, oh my God, I never knew that was a thing. That can happen. <laughs> when Nicole told me she had lupus, my first, like, I, I was lucky because I had written, uh, I had ghostwritten a, a white paper on it. So I had a ton of information, but if she had told me just a couple of years before that, that she had lupus, I would have freaked out because my only understanding of lupus was seeing a movie with Matthew Modine called Grey's Anatomy, not the TV show. This was a movie and the professor had lupus and she died from lupus in the movie. Spoiler really? I never alert. saw that one. Oh my gosh. It's a really good movie. I oh know. my God. That sounds so depressing. <laughs> it, he's in medical school and his professor has lupus. It's really, really good movie. Loved it. Cause I loved Matthew Modine back in the day. I did too. Yeah. Oh, reminisce. And, um, but the professor had lupus and she turns out to be this like great professor and they, they adore her Aww. and she dies Aww. from her lupus. Oh, and it was devastating. And that was my only reference for lupus. So I thought people who got lupus eventually died. So now then I wrote this white paper and learned that no, they don't. And there's all these different types of lupus. Mm -hmm. I actually knew a lot about lupus when she was diagnosed. So when she was diagnosed, I was like, what kind of lupus do you have? <laughs> and she's like, how do you know this much about lupus? Seriously? It was awesome though. <laughs> uh, but like, seriously though like you can get freaked out by these worst case scenarios yes. guys like if, if you don't know much if all you've watched was one movie called Grey's Anatomy about lupus and this woman dies it can freak you out when you first get diagnosed very much you've got to look up your disorder but go beyond the first page of google images guys really it's do a deeper dive go like look up legitimate foundations look up legitimate groups don't don't get caught up in the worst case scenarios really get off of them yeah and if you can join some facebook groups uh regarding your disease because there's a lot of people that can tell you like what's really going on with this illness yes. you know what their experiences have been they can calm you down encourage you support you they understand what you're what you're feeling and the, the support is just so important oh yeah yeah. I mean, now like it, sometimes in the Facebook groups, it's people complaining about like, mm -hmm. oh, this happened or that happened, but like literally it's just because they need a place to vent sometimes. Yeah. But understand they're living their daily lives guys. 
And, and if you post in there, like, Hey, I was just diagnosed. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to suck. You will be amazed how many people will come in and give you support. Yes. Tell you where to go, tell you what, what, what things you, you know, Oh, let me help you. You can go here. You can go here. It's not that bad. I've lived with this for 20 years. Um, this is what my life is like, you know, how old are you? What can I help you? Like they will, there's so many people ready to support you. Yeah. Because they've been there. They've been there with you. They, they want to help. And that's, that's kind of what these groups do. Just ask the questions. People are ready to help. It's amazing. It's it so amazing. It really is. And also- the foundations are, foundations are ready to help too. There's so many foundations out there that offer all types, all types, all types, <laughs> all types of assistance, depending yes. on what you need. like there's financial assistance. If you need it, there's assistance for equipment. Uh, there's like the, the pet assistance for mm-hmm. like, you know, to get you a service animal, mm-hmm. what a, there's financial assistance, finance, financial assistance with bills or, or medical, uh, bills. And if need or, be, remember most hospitals offer financial assistance yes. if you need it also. Yes, they do. There, there's just so much out there. You just you, like, you, you just need to like do some, it, it takes time guys, but like do research, just spend some time doing a deep dive into I mean, I know it's like going down the Google rabbit hole, but that's what you have to start doing you and make a list, you know, make, yeah. keep, I keep a journal uh, right next to me and I write down every question that might pop up something someone said to me in a group, new study that's coming out, something I've read in the paper about it. Yeah. I keep a list. And when I have my appointments every three months, I bring my list with me. You can write it in the planner you guys have bought from us, you know, and you bring it in and say, okay, this is a list of questions. My doctor will sit there and go over all of them with me. Yes. And that's what you want from your doctor. If your doctor is walking out of the room and not answering your questions, you've got to find a different doctor because you need, when you have a chronic illness, you need a doctor. that's going to guide you through your chronic illness. Like it's not acceptable if they're not answering your questions. Most definitely. Um, The other thing you need to research is your insurance. That is also a big deal, especially because you're going to start seeing a lot of doctors. So you need to go into a deep dive into what your insurance covers and doesn't cover and how things need to be coded or phrased to make sure they're covered. It's something you probably never thought about before. Probably didn't really like, cause you're just a healthy person going to your doctor, la, 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 regular checkups, easy peasy. But now you're going to start getting weird procedures and sometimes doctors will write things in a chart and the, the billing department will code things funny. And then it goes to the insurance and the insurance will deny it. Yes. You have to be prepared sometimes to fight because there's a lot of, there's a lot of that that happens and you can always call the insurance company and say, okay, how was this coded? Call the insurance, you know, then you call the billing department back at your doctor's office and say, okay, this was coded wrong. You know, when I go medical will also cover vision if you have certain diseases, because you have to have your eyes checked every so often, but you have to make sure the eye doctor understands the coded under that disease process. And this happens more often than you think. Oh God. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just important to know what is covered and what isn't. It's also important when your doctor gives you a referral to check if that doctor that you're being referred to is covered by your insurance, your doctor 
a lot of times is not going to check that. Mm-mm. They're just going to refer you to the, hopefully the best person that they know to refer you to. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that person is covered and sometimes it's not like it might right. be in network or out of network. Um, or they may not even take your insurance, mm-hmm. the, your insurance. So it's really important to ask that question because you don't want to get stuck with a bill from someone who's not covered. Definitely. Um, and that's, that's what you, that's almost impossible to fight. Oh yeah. I've had that happen. It sucked. So, yeah. Yeah. I, had, I ended up paying like 300 bucks for the visit, you know? So yeah. I mean, always make sure if you can, you know, that your doctors are in network. If there's some like specialty, specialty doctor, you have to see that's out of network. They still normally reimburse at like 60 to 70%, but just yeah. know that you'll have a higher bill at the end of the, the visit. Correct. Correct. I mean, there's sometimes you can't get out of like no. it, it's someone you have to see, mm-hmm. but and, and sometimes you can negotiate those rates. That's the other thing you can negotiate rates with doctors sometimes. Mm-hmm. And now there's the new laws about like transparency and rates, but because if doctors know you're paying out of pocket, they may like lower your rate, which is possible. Yeah. There's, there's that too. <laughs> paying b- medical bills are such a special conversation. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, it's, it's just really important to ask if they're covered because then you're, then you know what you're getting into when you're going to see a referral doctor. The other thing is when you're going to see a referral doctor is to do a deep dive into those other doctor, into that new doctor. Anytime you're going to see a new doctor, you need to research that doctor because yes, it's nice that the doctor you love is referring you to another doctor. It's lovely, but you don't know this doctor. You like, and sometimes it's just, they pick a doctor off of a list. You got to do a deep dive. You got to check. You got to check their reviews. You got to check their vital reviews. Like, I think there's vital signs, there's Yelp, there's all that. But you've also got to check their medical board, the state medical board to see what complaints have been filed against them. Um, Take some of things with a grain of salt. Because just because a complaint has been filed doesn't mean it's a valid complaint. No, definitely. Someone complains on Yelp, like read, read what people put. Cause yeah. like I've read some one-star reviews where it's literally the office left me on hold for 20 minutes. Oh gosh. Yeah. Not even about the doctor. Answered. Yes. All the time. I was five minutes. They made me wait five whole minutes. So take, take some reviews with a grain of salt, but read through the reviews read through, even read through the five-star reviews, because it may be that you read through the reviews and you're like, that's not a style I like. I don't like that style of whatever. Um, look through the pictures, make sure that that office is what you would be comfortable in. You just, you've got to do a deep dive into your doctors, ask questions. And if you don't like that doctor, find a new one. Yes. It may take you time. You may go through three or four doctors. Don't, don't give up. Make sure that you are doing your research, but it's incredibly important that you have a good working relationship with your doctor. Agreed. And, and that's because it makes your, it, you're already dealing with enough with your own body and you're going to deal enough with medical bills and, and all the extra stuff. Just make it easier on yourself to get along, like to have good doctors around you. Your medical team needs to be good. Yes. You shouldn't have to be fighting with your medical team all the time. No, 
it just makes it makes everything easier. Okay, so now you've gotten your diagnosis, you've got your medical team, and you've got to tell at least some of the people around you you've got a, this disorder. <laughs> this is also a fun thing. You guys, when you first get diagnosed, this is not the easiest time in, in your diagnosis. Like it, it gets easier. And the only reason I say it gets easier is because you kind of get used to things. It's so true. It's weird, but it's so true. But at first it's like, it, it's kind of hard at first because there's a lot to do, right? Um, you kind of got to tell some people that you have this disorder and you're going to deal with some skepticism. Yeah. And you're going to deal with people being like, mm, I don't really think that that's what you have. Do you even know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Do you know anything about this disorder? And they're like, well, I've never heard, or, or like the best is I heard a story once where this woman went into her doctor's office and the nurse like was putting her into the room and asked her something. And she's like, well, I have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And the nurse is like, you don't have, what is that? You don't have that. I've never heard of that before. That's not a real disease. Wow. She had never heard of it before. It couldn't possibly be real. You mm -hmm. guys will get your own fun stories with medical staff and everything <laughs> as you, as you grow in your diagnosis. You will hear these yes. fun stories often. Yes, it's, it was very, and, and I was like, um, you need to complain about that nurse. Like there's <laughs> yeah. just no, just cause she hadn't heard of the disease before. Like, honestly, she knew every disease that exists ever. Let me put right. on this book. Right. It's like, thanks, Dr. House. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not lupus. That's right. <laughs> Uh, if you guys have never watched house, it's highly entertaining and slightly medically disturbing. Yeah. Disturbing um, at times. And if you're ever on Facebook, Dr. Mike, watch Dr. Mike. He's highly entertaining. Um, <laughs> he's one of my favorites. On he Facebook. really is. He's funny. You're going to talk to people. They're going to be skeptical. They're going to tell you, you just need to exercise more drink X, Y, and Z fancy drink. That's going to cure everything for you you don't really have this disease. You, um, oh have God. you tried yoga? Have you tried? Oh, have you tried yoga? Yoga, by the way, yoga, yoga and meditation are going to solve everything as is a more positive attitude. Mm -hmm. One of our first episodes we did are on all the things you shouldn't say to people with chronic illness. You should definitely listen to that episode. It's, it doesn't even touch on all the things you're going to hear. It's terrible. Uh, so it will prepare you for that because you're going to get angry. You're going to get angry at people. It's probably going to hurt some of your relationships because you're going to tell them you have something and people, some people are going to say they understand, and then they're going to totally ignore that you have something. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people won't be supportive. It, and, and, and don't, but you also can't go into telling people and expect anything from them. No. You can't. You can't expect anything from the, from the people you care about. You can't expect anything from the people you work with. And there are certain laws around um, the, the Americans with Disability Act. You really do need to look into that. Know what you know, what accommodations your employer has to give you, but you can't expect things from people. You, you're just not gonna get everything you need from people. And I think that's one of the hardest things when you're first diagnosed is you expect people to be sympathetic. You expect people to care about what you need. 
And the most, one of the most disappointing things is you don't get it. You get it from a few people and you get it sometimes, but you don't get everything you need from people. Mm -mm. And that's a really hard, hard lesson. Yeah. Guys. And it hurts. It does. And it can make you very bitter if you let it. If you go in with the expectation that you're going to tell people you have fibromyalgia and they're going to be like, oh, let me help you with that. You're in so much pain. You know, what's the doctor? Oh, no. You're going to get more of fibromyalgia is a made up illness. Have you tried yoga? It's so true. Are you sure? Are you sure that's what you have? Are you sure you're not just getting enough sleep? Yeah. You haven't been working out lately and you're not drinking enough water. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's unfortunately, you're going to get more skepticism than you're going to get caring. And you're also going to be told you're lazy. Um, If you do require disability, you're going to be told that you're a leech on the state. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Guys, you have to develop a really thick skin. Mm -hmm. And surround yourself with people who actually do give a crap. Yeah, I've been very lucky because the people in my life are amazing, but I have heard horror stories from people that had family, not care, friends, not care. People walk away from them. So it, it, it can go the other way. You know, I was very fortunate. So I have a theory on all of that and it's a harsh theory. Let them go, let them go and find your family, find your family, find your people. And that's a really hard, harsh, harsh piece of advice, but you need, you need the people who are going to be supportive. This is the time in your life that you can't, you, your energy has to be about you. Your energy has to be about treating your body, about treating how you're feeling about getting to a baseline level that you can deal with. It can't be about fighting for people who aren't going to care for you. Hundred percent. That energy can't be put there. It's it's it just can't. No, it'll tear you apart. Yeah. So when we say that this is going to be one of the hardest things you have to deal with, like all that other stuff we said is tough and it's like a pain. This is a deep emotional pain. Let it let it go. Get get into therapy. Get into therapy. That's another piece of advice. You'll need a therapist. Your insurance should cover some therapy. Talk to someone, but let some of these people go Yeah, and find your family. That's why we say, get into the Facebook groups, get into with where people are understanding of you. And honestly, you'll, you'll find people. You will. I've made some really close friends that have either the same illness or other illnesses. And we are each other's biggest supports most of the time. Yeah. I mean, you will, and, and we don't want to be all doom and gloom. You will find people in your life that are so Oh yeah, absolutely. You definitely you will. But I, we just want to prepare you for the people that aren't because surprisingly you're going to dwell on it for, mm-hmm. like, you're going to dwell on the, you, you end up not dwelling on the people who are supportive. You dwell on these like jerky people. <laughs> it's so true. Why and, is that? I don't know. It's like, the, it's like, it's like we're masochists and we dwell on the like pain of rejection or something. Yeah. So just know it happens. 
it, you have to work through letting that go. And, you know, and, and I'd say, go back to that episode where we talk about all these terrible things that people say, because it's, it's a, I think it's a really good episode to like prepare you for that. Yeah. Um, when you have to tell the people you love, you have a chronic illness because it's tough guys. It's really tough. Um, and also no, you don't have to tell people you have a chronic illness. Nope. People don't have to know if you don't want to tell someone, don't tell them it's not their business. It's not Mm -mm. their business. What you have. Mm -mm. That's, that's the other thing. You, You don't have to tell people why you're going to the doctor. And then I think the final thing is the final piece of advice I think we have for everyone is take your time, take care of you and take your time. One day at a time is very important. Just take it one day at a time. Nicole, Nicole is, Nicole has gotten where she's gotten because she's been doing this. You know, she got her diagnosed. You got your diagnosis, what, 18 years ago? 18 years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got my diagnosis less than a year ago. Mm -hmm. What what was a few months ago? Yeah. (laughs) But, but I've been surrounded by people who have diagnoses. So I, I was prepared for my, I was well prepared for my diagnosis because I had people around me who had chronic illnesses. So I didn't, I didn't get my diagnosis and freak out. Mm-mm. You were prepared. I, I was well prepared for all you of were. it. Like I had everything in order for the diagnosis. So it was different. Like I had so many people around me with chronic illnesses that they were like, okay, when they give you the, this, you're going to be, this is what everything you're going to need. Yeah. So I was just waiting for the diagnosis. <laughs> yeah, I had a little bit of a different support system. Um, and so, but I know most of you don't have that. And we want to make sure that you guys are ready. Like I want you guys to have, who are listening to have what I had. That's what we're giving you right now with this episode. Yeah. That's what this entire conversation is. So. And it is, it's taking your time. Psychologically, this is a lot to absorb, guys. It really is. I mean, Nicole, you kind of did this on your own. Yeah, I did. I didn't know anybody sick. I didn't, and I did have people in my life who thought I was a hypochondriac. They were, weren't very supportive. And I probably got rid of those people, but it was hard. I was very, I was scared because I didn't know enough. I didn't, I was like, my first thought was what's next? What do I do now? What's going to happen? How are things going to change? So I get it. It's really scary. Yeah. Yeah. You worked through a lot of this on your own and you learned a lot over the years. And that's why having, that's why having those conversations with people who've already been through this is so important because you can learn from what they know. Definitely. Um, And asking the questions, but honest to goodness, guys, it is one day at a time. Mm-hmm. It is just breathing, taking a deep breath every day, you know, not expecting much from yourself every day and one day at a time. And knowing that we're here with you. We're all here with you. Everyone is listening is here with you. Yes. We definitely stand by your side. Oh yeah. If we could hold your hand. We would. We would. I mean, 
hands across America, baby. That's right. <laughs> and across the world. Oh my gosh. Now I'm aging myself. Totally we both you. are. <laughs> totally did it. We totally got out of school. We got out of school that day and we did hands across America. We all held hands. Oh my God. I remember that. <laughs> gosh you guys oh okay so this was a deep episode and it brought like a lot of deep stuff and we just we want to be encouraging and we want you guys to know we are here we are encouraging and some of you you know not so newbies we hope that um you can be supportive to the newbies and um we hope we didn't bring back too much drama (laughs) (laughs) but more of like a yeah yeah, yes. I, remember, I remember that. Oh my gosh, I've come so far. Yes. I hope that when we went through all this, you realize like you really come far in your in your journey. And again, you know, Nicole said it like we do have the planner. We have the planner that you can either get in a hard copy quarterly version or, you know, a, a digital version that you can just continue to use forever and ever. And it will help you do everything we just talked about. Take notes, you know, keep track of what's going on with your doctors, what's going on with your insurance, your blood sugar, your blood pressure. Yeah. So, you know, it can really be helpful to any of you, especially new people that just, you you know, you really need to start keeping track of everything, Definitely. how you're feeling, what your water intake is, because as much as people... (laughs) People will give you the advice that you need to drink more water. And it's usually true. It is I mean, true. Every, all of us need to drink feel more better. water. Yeah. It will not cure you. Nope. Nope. <laughs> but it will make you feel better to mm-hmm. drink more water, guys. Um, I will always say that. It's important to take care of your body, even more so when you're sick. Yes. Yes. So it does have like exercise, an exercise section where you can track mm-hmm. your exercise, can track your meals, how your meals make you feel. Um, all of that, it's so important for us to track all of those things. So the planner is available. Um, you, I'll put, I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can go to our website. You can get it there, but you guys, we really want to be, we hope this episode is really helpful to everybody. Um, we hope it wasn't too freak out ish. If it was go to our Facebook group and yell at us, <laughs> but we're glad to be yelled at. Cause it will, we'll take that to heart. Um, but we really hope you guys have a good week Yes, and, um, take care of yourselves this week. Yes. Thanks for tuning in again. All right. All right. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.